This is the Authentic Sex Podcast, real-life conversations about sex, pleasure, and relationships. I'm your host, Juliette Allen. Welcome to episode 31 of the Authentic Sex Podcast. Uh, My name is Juliette. I'm a sexologist, a sex and relationship coach, and a tantra practitioner. And um, yeah, I'm the host of this podcast. And today I'm doing a Q&A with you. So every now and then I'll do a Q&A because um, so many people inbox me with questions. And um, so every now and then I just pick out a few now some of these things may you may resonate with some of them you won't but i often find that people are asking me the same questions a lot which means that we're all experiencing similar things um, in the realm of sex and relationships and yeah so um so here we go i'm just going to launch straight into the questions so that i can do as many as possible for you um all right, why can I only come on top? Okay, so this is a woman who's inboxed me and said, um, I can only come on top. Is there other positions I could, you know, possibly come with? I've tried and I haven't been able to. What should I do? Okay, so I'm assuming that you're talking about a clitoral orgasm. And that is because a lot of women, when they're sitting on top, whether it's on top of a man or a woman, um, probably more so man, and you've got his cock inside you and you're like grinding on top of him, you're actually grinding your clitoris and it's like rubbing on his pelvis often. Um, I mean, it depends how you're shaped and your body weight and all those things. So we're all really unique in in um, what rubs where. But in general, the reason why you can only come on top is because your clitoris is being rubbed in a way that it, it makes you have a clitoral orgasm. And I guess if you want to continue having clitoral orgasms and you don't want to always be on top, what you can do is try different positions but use your hand to touch your clitoris to instead make you come that way. So stimulate your clitoris in different ways. Now, in general, I suggest that you steer clear of the clitoris for a bit just so that you can begin to experience pleasure and orgasmic energy in in the more subtler ways in your body and perhaps begin experiencing having different orgasms. That is a whole other topic, but I have spoken about it in previous podcasts. But yeah, that's in a nutshell why you can only come on top. Next question. Is it normal to cry during and after sex? And it most definitely is normal. It most definitely is okay. And I actually encourage you to cry during sex. Reality is sex brings up a lot for a lot of us, especially if it's deeply connected sex with somebody who you love. And so it moves energy in our body, which means that it's moving blocked, stagnant energy. And that can bring up like so many different emotions, but feeling like crying is so normal and it's so okay to cry. Like 
Yeah, so it's about, you know, also consciously choosing to only share yourself sexually with people who can hold space for that. And and often we can only hold space for something if we ourselves are okay with it, you know, like experiencing it within ourselves too. Yeah, it's like go for it, cry as much as you want. I find sometimes after like really intense orgasms I cry and sometimes it's because I'm sad and sometimes it's because I'm just really happy and like I feel so connected that these happy tears are just rolling down my face. The next question is what's the best position for anal? So I get asked this one a fair bit Um, and the reality is there isn't like a best position because we're all shaped so differently. Like first of all penises are shaped in such different ways and different sizes and have different bends and ways that they grow and so that means that every man is going to feel different inside your anus whether you're a woman or a man and yeah depend depends on the size of your bodies and so i just suggest really um experimenting with positions and in general, I don't encourage you to, to be a first-timer explorer of anal and do it doggy. I find in the doggy position, anal can be uncomfortable and painful depending on how open you feel, depending on how open your heart is. But you can do every position anal. Like one of my favorite positions is just like in missionary position or um, spooning so yeah try all the positions find what works for you and you may find that you know on monday you can't have anal doggy but tuesday you can like it's it's yeah it's really personal and a unique experience for us all hmm next question is how do i stop faking orgasms and have real orgasms Well, I actually think um, this is a really common one too. So many women in particular are faking orgasms. And it's because I feel like we're still having a lot of goal-oriented sex, which means that we're racing to the finish line to experience explosive orgasms, which is ejaculation for men and clitoral orgasms for women. And you know that this type of sex can be great. And I'm I I have this type of sex a fair bit. But what can happen and the trap you can fall into is like racing, you know, racing for an orgasm um, means that you feel pressure to have an orgasm, either pressure within yourself or pressure by your partner. You know, a lot of women listening will relate when men's, you know, they've had men who say, oh, I just want you to come. And then suddenly we feel this pressure. And um, and so the pressure denies us of orgasm and pleasure and we fake orgasms. That's what women are doing. So how do you stop that? Will you go cold turkey as far as I'm concerned? No more faking orgasms from this moment onwards. It's like cold turkey. And, you know, begin communicating with your lover. Begin telling them that either you have been faking or that you're not, you know, that you need more time or that you don't want to focus on orgasm. Whatever it is, open up and talk about what you need and and what you want and what you desire. 
Mm. And that's when you're going to begin to feel more pleasure, when you're being more authentic with your sexual experiences. You'll feel more pleasure in your body. So stop faking orgasms. You are ripping yourself off. So much pleasure. Next question. How do I create boundaries with past lovers who want to connect again? How do you create boundaries? Well, you create the boundaries. So get clear within yourself what the boundaries are, whether that's do not contact me at all or we are allowed to speak about this but not this. Whatever your boundaries are, get clear on them within yourself and then have the courageous conversation and ask for what you need and what you want. And if your ex is not respecting you, then that's when you make a decision. Do I want to continue this relationship with them or do I need to cut them out of my life, even if it's for a month or a year or however long? Explain to them, I no longer want to connect with you sexually or intimately. My request is that you respect that and honour that request and we move forward in a different way and I want to be friends with you but I don't want to connect with you it's just about simply stating the truth that's what you can do state the truth speak up about boundaries if they're not met then reiterate them or tell them look mate we can't hang if you're going to keep trying to fuck me when I told you that I don't want to anymore so yeah that's the simple answer next question what do I do if my boyfriend is too busy to spend time with me? Oh, well, um, what do you do? I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd say to him, hey, I've committed to you and I choose you. And I know that I'm worthy of quality time with somebody who I'm choosing to be in relationship with. Now, mate, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't, prioritize time with me then I don't know whether this is something that I want to commit to anymore because I'm willing to put aside time to spend with you and one of my love languages is quality time and that's the truth one of mine is so I need you to step up if you don't desire to spend much time with me and you're just too busy then perhaps this isn't going to work that's what I'd say. You know, a lot of people are using this too busy excuse as an excuse to not experience intimacy and connection with others. It's like, oh, work's so busy, I can't be home. Or I'm so busy, uh, sorry, I just never texted you back. It's all bullshit. If someone is really into you, no matter how busy they are, they will make time for you. And, and yeah, I really firmly believe that. So... Um, request what you want and if they can't give it to you if they can't give you the time if your boyfriend can't make time for you then perhaps he's not the right guy for you the next question is hmm which one should I pick what's my opinion on masturbating to porn now I wasn't going to answer this because I was like oh it's a big topic, but I'm going to. I'm just going to be super honest. I think if you want to masturbate to porn, go for it. But check in with yourself and see how you feel afterwards. If you feel like shit afterwards, then reconsider what you're watching, 
how often you're watching it and whether it's serving you. If you feel great and you love it, then fucking go for it. I don't, I'm not one of these women who's anti-porn. I do, however, believe that it can be unhealthy and especially with younger people, seeing porn as a first experience of sex is not good. However, porn in moderation can be fun and can be great for masturbation. So it's like, just check in with yourself. What feels good for you? Do you feel guilt and shame afterwards? If you do, why? You know, ask yourself these questions. Become curious about what comes up for you. Um, yeah, you've really got to make your own decision about porn and do what feels right. Next question is, how do I tell my partner I need more foreplay and to slow down? Well, simply put, you say to your partner, babe, I really like to talk to you about something that's really important to me. Can you make time to be present and hold space for me? And when he or she says, yes, honey, uh, we can do that now or can we do it tonight or whenever, sit down and say, Babe, I've been thinking, I love sex with you, so do the sandwich theory. You give them something you love and then you do the thing in between that you don't love so much. So, you know, just be like, I love sex with you and I love being intimate with you. And I, in particular, I love it when we have really slow, amazing sex and heaps of foreplay. And I want to make a request. I want to request that. We begin to enjoy a lot of foreplay and become really curious about each other's bodies and pleasure before we go into penetrative sex and just see what happens. Who's going to say no to that if you say it like that? I wouldn't. I'd be like, fuck yeah, more, more foreplay. I mean, you know, my opinion is I don't like the word foreplay. I think everything is just sex. It's like it's all sexual. It's all sex. It's all part of it. But yeah, in general, people use the word foreplay. So yeah, just ask for what you want. Like, don't overthink it. If your partner can't handle it, then they're not the right partner for you. Or they need to step up and fucking start showing up. Hmm, what else do I have here? I've got such a big list of questions. Oh, this is good. Yeah, so this is the last one I'm going to do tonight. How do I deal with friends who have a low sex drive and don't want sex with their husband and who are like, oh, my husband would love it if I'm like you. I remember this lady emailing me this and it was like she feels like because she's quite sexual and she talks to her friends about that, they say they don't like sex with the husband and they, you know, their husband would like her and she finds it really difficult because she feels like she's the only sexual one in the group. And my response to her via email um, was, well, it was probably, hey, I'll answer this on the podcast, but in a nutshell, like, don't feel bad that you're the sexual one. And if anything, if you're the only one talking about sex and expressing your desire for more sex in a group of women who are clearly unhappy in their relationships or their marriages, then you're doing them a favor and you're in their life for a reason. You're in their life to talk about sex in a positive way and perhaps inspire them to begin exploring 
why it is that they're in a sexless relationship and why it is that they don't want to have sex with their husband. And I guarantee you that they'll, they'll, you know, you'll plant the seed for them to have a better sex life just by being you and being by being openly sexual and open about your love of sex. So really own that part of yourself. Really own it because it's a gift that you're giving others. It's a beautiful transmission. Mm. So thank you for your questions. If you have your own question, please email me uh, the question and I can't guarantee I'll answer it, but I, um, you know, do try to answer as many as I can. If you want to work with me, I'm taking on new clients and you can do so by emailing me hello at juliet-allen.com. I've got a few events coming up in Australia this year. Jump on my website and join me and my beloved Nicholas. We are running event in Sydney, Melbourne and the Gold Coast called Sex Love Power. And it's going to be so fun and full of juicy stuff. And I'd love to meet you. So thanks for listening. Jump onto iTunes and leave a review if you loved this episode and stay tuned.